and here's Noah Gregor coming in off the left wing, driving the net, a shot, he scores! Noah Gregor got a fortuitous bounce, and he made no mistake. Gregor working in off the left wing with a shot, he scores! A lot of the Florida players are coming back from the from the dressing room. Nick Cousins will shoot for Florida. What a turn of events. Cousins down, top of the circle, slowly, slowly in. Shot wide! The Leafs win a miraculous shootout. Sure. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. We watch sports every day. Yeah. With Jeff. We watch all 82 regular season Toronto Maple Leafs games. Yeah. Plus all the other games that happen. Mm-hmm. Each and every second of every game that's ever played in pro sports in North America, we watch all of it. I've never missed one. No. Don't uh, fact check us on that. <laughs> but it's it's always exciting when you see something you haven't seen before. And I know mm. it's it's maybe happened once-ish before the sure. teams have been called back on the ice after a review in yeah. a shootout. But to be in the building, Brent. It was fun. For history, as Evan Rodriguez trying to, I don't know, I... I it's not like he was trying to deceive everybody, no. but yeah, he put the rebound in the net and that was pretty clear upon review, despite Paul Maurice, you know, making some kind of veiled comment about <laughs> the the rules maybe being interpreted incorrectly, but no, that was the clear, correct call and the Maple Leafs escape with another two points beyond regulation. They now have six wins of their 11 that have happened in the overtime Format or in the shootout with now three, which leads the NHL. Yeah, I mean, they uh, they certainly had their chance. Double minor at the very end of regulation if they wanted to get it done there. But yeah, sticking with the shootout, that was just hilarious, quite frankly. Watching it happening and you see and, uh, you know, we see on the cameras there because we, you know, we were at the game, but we do have access to like some some the, some TVs to see what's going on there. There are TVs. There yeah. are, in fact, televisions and you right away you say oh that looked kind of weird and you i will give you credit yeah. you caught it wasn't that the goal looked weird what did you notice well, the referee on the goal line like, like he did one of those things you see this sometimes in baseball too where an umpire gives himself a beat to make a decision right. on outer safe and it's like it's almost like a hybrid out safe call <laughs> like look at the referee on the goal line yep. as evan rodriguez is shoving it into joseph wall's pad and then beyond joseph wall's mm-hmm. pad into the back of the net he's like he kind of, like, does the safe side, and then he's like, nah, I mean, it's in it's the net. It's in the net. So, like, what do you want? Goal, kind of, maybe. Yeah. Nah, he had it right. Imagine he made that call in real time yep. initially. Hero. Absolute hero. Oh. I mean, would have saved a lot of guys some embarrassment who had departed everywhere. Oh, and, thought- in fact, like, go back and look at the replay. I mean, I point this out to yep. you. As Noah Gregor, by the way, incredible fortuitous booking of uh, his uncle Jason Gregor on the show later today. Disagreed. Not fortuitous at all. He knew what was happening and wanted to put his uncle in a good spot. Yeah, his uncle in a good spot. Yes. Um, Jason Gregor on uh, after 830 today. um, Talk about the Oilers and also about his nephew Noah. (laughs) But as Noah's skating down the ice with the eventual shootout winner, the door is open. So would... Sheldon Keefe have made a stink if Noah Gregor misses. Because you can you can easily, easily 
make the argument that, oh, I'm sorry, the opposing door is open and players are skating onto the ice while I'm going down for my shootout attempt? It's not even the player bench door, No, It's the door literally. Yeah, it's like at the half wall. It's basically at the hash marks on the wall. And there was, I don't know that a Florida player came on the ice, but you could see him standing there in the tunnel. And again, like, it would have been, it would have been sour grapes and, and, you know, just looking for an edge and something to stand on. But I think the Leafs would have had every right to say, what are you talking about? That's not fair. You can't distract me while I'm going down for a Is shootout there attempt like that. written in the rule book not about that door not being allowed to be open? I mean, probably. Right? Like, would, isn't there? Well, I bet, I bet it is in, like, the course of play and is a shootout attempt considered... The run of play. These are all questions for uh, it, Jeff it Merrick. It, it somewhere he knows. It it didn't affect Alex Daylog. I guess not the reason no. why I didn't make the save. No. Uh, and as a result, Noah Gregor wins the hockey game. And as mentioned, the Maple Leafs pick up the two points. Congratulations. Yeah, they did you it. You won the skills competition, which is better than not. Yeah. Certainly. Like, it's so stupid how, how important that extra point felt, yeah. right? Like, after... It looked like they had lost in a shootout. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, deserving loss considering the way they came out of the mm-hmm. shoot in the, in the opening 20 minutes. And then win in the shootout. It's like, oh, well, it's kind of it's a big win for this team despite the fact they were playing a Panthers team that back went through and, a war yeah. yeah, just the night previous and just like steamrolled mm-hmm. you. And you were ecstatic to escape the opening God. 20 minutes down only one nothing. So the extra point does put the lipstick on mm-hmm. this pig. But make no mistake... It's a pig right now, Brent. Mm. There's not a lot to like about what the Toronto Maple Leafs are presenting to us on 60-plus minute basis. Is uh, Obviously, they have some elite scoring talent mm-hmm. in the forward ranks, yep. but even that didn't look dominant for any prolonged period of time yesterday. The blue line's an abject disaster, and it's mm-hmm. only going to get worse as yes. they were relying on big minutes out of a 40-year-old uh, 40 Mark mm-hmm. Giordano who is out for at least a mm-hmm. couple of games, if not longer. The only saving grace is that maybe these goaltending performances from Joseph Wall are are now going to become more of a regularity, but holy cow, they built up uh, some points this mm-hmm. season, and thank goodness for them that they have Picked up the bonus point yep. more often than not. If you're just going on the eye test, there's not a lot to like about this Maple Leafs team right now. I don't know that that's exactly mm, where, that's I, where, I'm at. where I go with it. And that's, that's fair. You're allowed to be wherever you want to be at. I think a pig is the perfect way to describe it because, yeah, you know, pigs can roll around in the slop and they can be fat and ugly sometimes. But you know what else is in pigs? Ham and... Bacon and goodness. So we need to slaughter the Leafs and, and eat the bacon. Uh, people have been saying that for a long time, and that's not actually where I'm going with this. But look, I'm not gonna. I am not gonna sit here and put lipstick on the pig of the first 20 minutes of that hockey game. That was disgusting. Quite frankly, that was that was awful to see them come out so flat against the team. The to your point, had just played a war. All of that. Now, the thing I will say to that is, we have sometimes seen this in the past when the Leafs are the team on the back-to-back that they can come out fresh and actually more engaged in the game because they played the night before and then as things go on, the other team kind of finds their legs. And that's what I thought happened last night. I mean, after the first 20 minutes of that hockey game, I thought the Leafs took it to the Panthers. I thought they were the better team for the better part of the back half of that game. It didn't mean Florida didn't have chances where they were pushing. And it doesn't mean that the first 20 minutes of that game shouldn't have done them in. They should have been down three, four, nothing after that. And I I don't want to sugarcoat what that is because that part of the performance was pitiful. 
But I don't think you can look at the rest of that game and say, that's a team that can't hang. That's a team that has flaws for sure. But to to sit there and talk about it like they didn't dominate the last 40 minutes of that hockey game. You thought they dominated the last 40 minutes of the hockey game? Yeah, I thought game? They, they got outshot. What was it? What was the shots? 20 to oh, 7 after the first period. Look, And then look at what high danger chances ended at. It was, I believe, Florida had 7 to the Leafs 6. I thought the Leafs carried the play for the for the majority of the last two periods of that game. Again, we can sit here and talk about the start because the start should have done them in to a point that they shouldn't have been able to win that game. But looking at periods two and three, I, I didn't look at that as a least team that was underwater or under siege or anything no, like that. No, they weren't under siege, especially comparing them to the opening 20 minutes of the hockey game. But the idea that they were, okay, well, all right, that was, holy cow, we put ourselves in a horrible position. Mm-hmm. That was embarrassing. Yes. It, it frankly was embarrassing. They and were down I'm one not, nothing. Not trying to sugarcoat that aspect. They were it. down one nothing. I I I've never checked naturalstattrick.com for a single period and never seen anything like what I saw from that opening 20 minutes of play where Austin Matthews, when he was on the ice, Mm -hmm. shot attempts were 15 to nothing. Like, not shot on goal. Not a shot on goal. Shot attempts. And this is all situations. Granted, it was mostly five on five, except Mm -hmm. for, like, the final 25 seconds of the opening period. Shot attempts were 15 nothing. In favor of the Florida Panthers. Morgan Riley, it was 20 to nothing. I've never seen anything like that. The physical pushback yeah. or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. It's like two teams playing separate sports. So, yeah, compared to the first period, yeah. You know what? It did feel like they were dominating the Florida Panthers. And you're right. High danger chances. Maple Leafs had 4-1 to one in the second period over the Panthers and 4-2 to two in the third period. Overall shot attempts, though, they were out shot attempted in both the second and the third period. They looked a lot better than the first period. But this is a team that after 20 minutes, considering the narrative around them, considering the previous two games, losing to the 31st place Chicago Blackhawks and blowing a a lead in that game, and then what happened in Pittsburgh the night afterwards, and considering the opening 20 minutes, you would have expected the final 40 to be the best 40 minutes maybe of their entire regular season. No, I wouldn't because I've watched this team play for for the better part of half a decade now. And they do they have to get beaten down to such a point where they come out and look like that. And that is the frustrating part. And I don't want to understate, understate that part of it. I just have to say that I didn't think the last 40 minutes of that no, game were an embarrassment. Far from it. No, 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 no. The 40 minutes weren't an embarrassment. The opening 20 was an of embarrassment. Co- agreed. But, and again, like, we can do both things. Like, there are a lot of cause for concern. There are many points of that game. Somehow, Connor Timmons, if you go look at all the fancy stats, he had the greatest game of all yeah. time. I don't know. Apparently, That's where they lose me, the fancy stats. Apparently, fancy stats have never watched the game of hockey before because <laughs> it was a rough night for your boy, Connor Timmons. We could talk a lot about those things, but we also have to talk about the things we have harped on and killed this team to do. And guess what? Somebody from the team did it. Max Domi. Yeah. He goes at Sam Bennett. Like, did that wasn't go? even on the team when Did, Sam Bennett was doing his suplex no, routine here, and Matthew Nyes. Here's the thing. He's always been on the team. <laughs> in his heart, in his heart, he's always been on the team. And did that go particularly well for oh him? Oh, my goodness. No, not even particularly. Not at all. There's The only saving grace for him is that he got up and did the you're bald thing yeah. with his hair, which, uh, hey, it's pretty good. Good job by you. Not bad. Uh, just don't say it to some guys on your own team. Maybe mm. uh, they might not like that nearly as much. So there was pushback in that regard. I thought 
Ryan Reeves, no one has ever walked a finer line of how much you're allowed to charge a guy in a game without getting a penalty. I liked his game last night. I thought McCabe had some of that nastiness. I don't think McCabe had a perfect game by any means, but I thought he had some of that. So I don't want to I don't want to sit here and run away from the criticisms. We can do that. I just have a feeling we're going to be doing a lot of that today, and I do want to get yeah, you know, not off my chest, You're but defender a little bit. Yeah, I did like. Oh, oh, sorry, I liked some things I saw yeah. in a Toronto Maple Leafs game. It's I know fine. we're not. A, no, I know we're not allowed to do that. No, no, I, no. That's fine. That's fine. No, I like that. You know, both of us sitting here in front of microphones <laughs> and killing a team after they did pick up the yeah. two points, and they've done that. Because I, I have to be honest, I am the worst for doing that show of mm-hmm. the Leafs winning and going. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Matthews and even underscore. We don't need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about all the critical flaws. Da, 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 da. Okay. Well, you know what? Yeah. Honestly, if you want to be, if you want to give the Leafs the benefit of the doubt, I mentioned mm-hmm. the the lack of goals that they've given up. Yeah, like they, they they hold in the fort as far as allowing three goals or fewer in Somehow. regulation. <laughs> Going back to beyond uh, the Sweden trip. Yep. Yeah, you go back to the Canucks game. They yeah. they haven't allowed more than three goals in regulation since the Flames game, which they also wanted to shoot up, but that was five yeah. four. Um, they only held the Panthers to single goal. So congrats and. So yeah, much of the, show all. the first period I think could have easily Easy. been two, Easy. three, nothing Panthers, mm-hmm. but go, the, the goaltender is a person he's on the too. team. Yeah, he's <laughs> on the team, and you're allowed to get good goaltending. And it's not like the Maple Leafs. Hey, if you want to talk about the lipstick on the pig, yeah. and I do believe that that's what it is when you're mm-hmm. talking about those bonus points in overtimes yeah, sure. and shootouts. They haven't gotten the lipstick on the pig of. Hey, just the goaltender bailing you out night no. night in night out, and it, the the save percentage. I haven't checked it overall uh, today where mm-hmm. it ranks in the NHL, but going into yesterday it was below league average. Yep. So you're you're allowed to to rely on your goaltender a little bit. Hey, that that I can hear you there. That that the Maple Leafs held the fort despite the fact that they're making do with well yesterday mm-hmm. only five defensemen and some of them that are playing are like borderline NHL caliber mm-hmm. and. And Connor Timmons, to your point, looking inept is maybe too strong a word to say yeah. in his own zone, but yeah. it's an adventure, man, with his the, the puck on his stick. Uh, yeah. and he's not on the power play. Well, and so much of the so much of the first period struggles were guys you don't expect to struggle. That was as bad a period of TJ Brody since we've seen in the playoffs tough. last year, quite quite frankly. And guess what? He turned it around. Like I didn't feel like you were sitting there noticing Brody kind of at all after after the first period and on a team like this Leafs team, a guy like Brody just can't really afford. Like it's it's unfortunate. It's maybe unfair to ask of a guy who makes what is it five million bucks, but can't really afford to ever have a bad night from TJ Brody. Because if he does, it looks like that first period, and that's not to put it all on him by by any means. But he's has to be the steady, responsible one. You throw Geo in there, losing him as early as you did in in the game. I mean, you're missing Marner from a chunk of it. I know that doesn't impact the D, but it certainly impacts your defensive responsibility if you're going to lose a, a Selkie caliber guy there. So yeah, I, I mean, the D is concerning. I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you anything other than that. I, I, the fact that Gio goes down, he's going to miss some time. Now you're going to have to have Lagason and Benoit every night. Yeah. Okay. Let's see how that goes. Like, yeah, it's concerning. I like, I Connor Timmons playing in top four, I guess, like. I guess him and McCabe, they were out there all the time last night. Right. Fun times. Yeah. I mean, honestly, what else can you do? Right. You got Brody and Mo. You got to, I mean, I feel like you have to stick with that unless you want to go full Morgan Riley in the butcher, put him with Benoit or something like that. Yeah. I don't think so. It's, it's funny. 
the narrative going into that hockey game was all surrounding Mitch Marner and a shakeup of the the the, mm-hmm. the top six yeah. um, in the forward ranks mm-hmm. with this Leafs team. I I I I didn't think about that too much because I mean the one forward that popped for this team was once again William Nylander who hit mm-hmm. a couple of posts. Yep. But yeah, well, well, and Gregor. And yes, yeah, sorry. No, I mean also like, Noah like Gregor. He was flying. No, he was number one star and yeah, Getting power and, play time bumped up the lineup a touch. Yeah, you got some power play time when Max Domi was yep. in the box uh, serving his five minute major for fighting. Um, and poor Noah Gregor does not get the the player of the game belt because Joseph Wall gets it. And I, I get yeah the Wall that. The wall thing that makes sense. But like, how many up. how many times is Noah Gregor gonna have an opportunity to to win Player of the Game? But, Not many. I mean, I, I I guess you hope more than than a couple. Um, but yeah, that was that felt like more the Noah Gregor game than the Joseph Wall game. But all right. So what did you think of like the switching up of the Marner Matthew, like the breakup mm-hmm. of Marner and Matthews? Um, obviously, ice time was a little weird when yeah. when Marner takes a puck off the face and is looking like a child wearing the the. The cage, the shiniest cage. It looked why is it so nice looking looked, cage? Looked pointy, like it looked like it almost had a beak on you it. Think so yeah, and I also i I am just astonished in my soul that he didn't come out wearing a bubble. Yeah, that a was fishbowl feels it feels very on brand for him personally. You know, little small skilly guy just feels like it would have been perfectly at home. But uh, yeah, the cage looked hilarious. Like we just have to, we have to set up, we have to mention that in terms of what you saw, I think, like you said, the, the idea that the idea that he goes out so early in the game, it takes you out of the flow. Then you have the awful period. You're kind of chasing it. You're trying to get the the flow of it. I thought that Nylander and Matthews fed off one another fine. Guess what? Everybody's going to feed off Nylander fine the way he's he's going right now. I didn't think Marner had a you know particularly great night by by any means, but I also think you have to. He, he, there's no point in shaking it up for for a game or for a period or for 40 minutes. You, you got to let this thing marinate for a bit if this is what you want to do. And you have to especially give it at least another game given the weird circumstances of him missing as much time in the first. And it just kind of throws everything off in terms of the flow of, of everything for the night. I'm not using that as an excuse. Like they certainly could have found a way to have been better, but just an odd night. And yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you got a full read into what the hopeful returns were for that. Yeah. Uh, Maple Leafs power play deserves monitoring right now. They are 0 for 11 since they returned from Sweden and had some glorious opportunities to win the game in regulation. Mm-hmm. None better than the double minor at the end of regulation, which was the result of the replay being shown on the Jumbotron and the right call eventually being made and mm-hmm. the officials saying, you know, calling it a double minor and then going to the replay, you know, as an excuse to, to go to the replay because yeah. you're allowed to review double minors, m- major penalties. But that thing's not happening if that's not at Scotiabank Arena. And mm-hmm. I, I, those officials are not seeing what was plainly obvious mm-hmm. to everybody in attendance, all 20,000 Leaf fans in attendance. That, yeah. That uh, Noah Gregor was cross-checked in the face. And that, that's a penalty. It's a double minor. Yeah. You get a cross-checked in the face, slashed in the mouth, fall on your stick, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and that, that's not what I would call it. That is what Paul Maurice referred to it as. The uh, oh God, just inf- infuriating. We'll get to him in. in well, a do second. you want to play it right yeah, now? Yeah, sure. Before I before I lambaste him, let's let's hear from uh, from old Paul. Never, uh, never afraid of a microphone, especially when he makes his return visits to Toronto. Because he's 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 like, oh my God, they have these yeah. up here. I forgot they don't even let 
me talking to one in Florida. Here's here's a little sampling of, of Paul Maurice's uh, four minutes of, uh, of something. Oh, I like their game. Back-to-back nights, uh, you know, they, they... Yeah, I like their game. The penalty kill was a weakness for us last year, something we had to fix. Our penalty kill was so good tonight, especially on back-to-back, because... We're aggressive with it now, and you worry that on that, that second night that you'll be a half step off, right? So we had lots of opportunity to practice it tonight, and we were really, really good with it. I was happy. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't think they were all over us. I mean, 5-on-5, five five, I really, especially early in that game. I thought that game was a great hockey game, and then, what do we had? Nine and a half minutes in penalties in the second period, and then 4,000 minutes in the third period, and nobody said a bad word to anybody on the ice. It wasn't that kind of game that anybody would have to worry that it would get a little bit ugly out there. All right. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And oh, the, yeah. The Leafs feel like they got their measure. I don't know what you're talking about. There wasn't even a fight in that game. Nobody went after Sam Bennett at all. Oh, just nice, cordial afternoon on the ice. Oh, God, he, he is. He did eventually drop an F-bomb in there Ooh. as well. Yeah, I mean, but not in like an angry way, no, but no. in a like, ha, I'm yeah. an affable guy yeah. just kind of speaking my mind. Yeah, if way. anybody did lip reading, there was a lot of those uh, from him yesterday during the game. Uh, <laughs> oh, a, lot, a lot of that from, I, from him. I don't know why it irked me so much. Because, like, honestly, there's once you see the replay of Evan Rodriguez, mm-hmm. there's no debate. That's not a goal. Like, you don't get to... No, I actually think he even as much said so in the postgame, Maurice saying, well, I mean, you know, it's like my guy. I got to argue it. Mm, I, I guess, but he's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, it's good we have rules is what he said. Right. It's good we have rules. Okay. Yeah, right. Agree, yeah, that's, agreed. That's, that is how it works. There are the... rules to the sport. <laughs> I don't know why it irked me, though. I, well, him saying, you know, after Noah Gregor yeah. scores and yeah. the game is over, him looking the referees and saying, oh, Oh, that, that one good? And then, it's like, uh, yeah, you think? This, off, yeah. yeah, the snipe into the... T- it, <laughs> the yeah. Good one! Infuriating. Yeah. Just drives me nuts. I also, and, like, I, I know this wouldn't be the case, but the league has a very different opinion of Paul Maurice doing that than <laughs> if, if Sheldon Keefe, like, sarcastically took the league to task like that all the time, like Maurice is wont to do. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they'd be a little less... Uh, here for it than, than they are, quite frankly. I mean, again, like we had Daryl Sutter come into town last year, two years ago, whatever it was, and say, ah, I've been getting screwed in Toronto by the refs for 40 years, never going to change. Uh, That's fine. Paul Maurice can do this. That's fine. But Sheldon Keefe yelling at whoever it was he screamed at in the face last year, which, like, again, like, do more of that. It's a ref. You can get yelled at. You're, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, it drives me nuts. Yeah. yeah I It's... On the one hand, it's hard for me to default Paul Murray's for putting on his big show when he when he comes to Toronto because he, he, listen, he wants to be here. He didn't yeah. decide to leave. Nope. This was a dream job for him when he got it, right? Mm-hmm. Like and as, yeah. it, as it is for everybody, whenever most they get people it. Yep. in Canadian franchises, like it's different for Matthew Kachuk, who's talking about enjoying the anonymity of yeah. of Florida and saying, yeah, this is so much better that I have no idea what the discourse is around this team because nobody talks about hockey in Florida. And that's so great. Like, that's a different deal. And then him, yeah, in, enjoying seemingly yeah. the, the questions that are being asked For of him sure in, a, in, a, in a major market. It's different than Paul Maurice. But it's just, it is hilarious. And Well, and there was stuff of the Florida players and, like, like 
players upset about that, of course. Again, obviously, if I was a player on the Panthers, guess what? I'd be screaming, ah, we got hosed, regardless of what actually happened. But there was a lot of apparently like, oh, only in Toronto, yeah. typical Toronto. Walking off the ice from the uh, from the Panthers last night, when again, the game uh, was not actually over. No. And also, like... Apparently, I, they had their it, wind song going. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, apparently, Joseph Wall had his gloves off, like, was in the dressing room, had his gloves off. And luckily for him, doesn't have to make the save yeah. at the end of the game. But yeah, no, it, I think just about everybody, including the majority of the fans in the building, oh, thought, yeah. thought the hockey game was it's over. Weird. It's a weird one. Um, all right, anything else on this game for now before we circle back around 7 o'clock? No, I'm good. We can we can circle back around uh, later on. Plenty to plenty to get to for all sure. All right, before we take the break, though, we got to talk about what happened uh, in Chicago yesterday with Corey Perry, who is now waived for the purposes of having his contract terminated. Here's the official language from the Blackhawks statement. After an internal investigation, the Chicago Blackhawks have determined that Corey Perry has engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and in violation of both the terms of his standard player's contract and the Blackhawks' internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work environments. Kyle Davidson also said it has no relation to other players or their families. So that's it for Corey Perry mm -hmm. as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. Here's my guess, that nobody's picking up the remaining prorated part of his $4 million cap hit this season. Here's also my guess. Is that NHL career is over? Unless there's some explicit clarity provided by him and a defense that makes sense that people are willing to accept, it's a very difficult thing to talk about without those specifics. Yeah. Here, here's what I would I would say about what happened okay. yesterday. That considering this organization, they had to get out in front of everything that happened or mm -hmm. you know that was perceived to have happened. Because of the history with the station, you can't have any perception of hiding anything away or not doing everything within your power to take control of the situation. Yeah, and, and two, the, the, the punishment has to be severe. Mm -hmm. The action taken has to be at the very tippy-top end of this. Yeah. Partly, again, because of the history with this mm -hmm. organization recently, and secondarily, because you're trying to protect the next future superstar of your team and it's Corey Perry and well he you know him on the ice would have been a nice little bonus to have next to mm -hmm. Connor Bedard for one season it is one season yep. and he was going to be jettisoned at the deadline if he had any value and you were going to sure. eat 50% and maybe you were going to do double retention yeah. on the thing to to maximize your return but ultimately it's not a huge loss to 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 not have Corey Perry for the rest of this regular season this is something again without any knowledge yep. of what specifically took place had to be done by the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, look, we're in the exact same place you are in terms of knowing what happened. Like, they did not do a, any anything to give any more light into that. They shut down the rumors that we've all heard at this point. Like, you know, yeah. we... We're, well, I mean, that's why I, I in, yeah. included the Kyle Davidson not addressing that directly, yeah. but saying that it has... Whatever happened with Corey Perry had no relation to other players on the team or their families. So I think the... Honestly, the thing I've been thinking about the most with this is not so much the Corey Perry part of it, because we just don't know. Like, to for me to come on here and have an opinion of, I agree with everything you said in terms of, unless we have a massive 180 kind of in what public opinion is out there right now, I do think his NHL career is likely done. And that doesn't mean it is 
fait accompli that it is absolutely over. You know, it's possible the PA gets involved. I don't know what can happen there. But I think the thing that the, the two things that I keep coming back to is the protection for Connor Bedard. That is far and away the most important thing. And could they have done something more? That is the thing I keep coming back to. And I don't know what the answer is. The more than terminating his contract? No, no, no. I don't mean more. Again, I'm not even thinking about Corey Perry right now. I'm oh. thinking of Connor Bedard. Could they not have done something to... Because, I mean, look, like, again, like, we all have phones. We all have social media. We all text our buddies, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, this thing has been out there in the embers for, feels like, I don't know, 48 hours, something along those lines. I think, like, I've been thinking about how to deal with this because it's really, it's not uncharted territory, but it's very bizarre. But it's like when you have the GM explicit, not explicitly, but, like, uh, alluding to the thing that we're talking about, not everybody is on the Internet. We should... Talk about what we're talking about here. And the rumor was that there was something going on between Corey Perry and Connor Bedard's mom. Which, again, Kyle Davidson made a point starting his presser saying that did not happen. That is not what is at play here. And I just think that that is the... It's not the only thing that matters, especially given the history of that organization. But from a hockey perspective, which, quite frankly, is what I'm trying to talk about here. And I'm not saying you're trying to go in 100 different places. That guy's the only thing that matters Mm -hmm. is Connor Bedard there. And I don't know that there's anything more you could have done in this 48 hours or whatever, you know, however long it's been burning the, you know, the social media firestorm here. I don't know that there's anything more they could have done to kind of protect him in this instance. The other thing I keep thinking about, and I saw a lot of people mentioning this, is the idea of accountability, accountability, accountability. And who needs to answer for this? Who needs to be forthright in this? How open and honest do they have to be with us? Because I think the Blackhawks making a pledge to be a more accountable organization and having more transparency, this is a weird thing to say, and they shouldn't be hiding anything from the public, but they got to be transparent with the people in that building. If this is, again, to take them at their word, a workplace issue, until they are able to point to investigation X, Y, or Z for whatever happened there, I don't know how much they can just come out and say X, Y, or Z happened. This is why he's not here. And I've seen a lot of people killing them for a lack of transparency and, hey, tell us what happened. And Mm. as long as they are being open and transparent within the building to the employees because it's a workplace issue. Well, and that's the thing. And that that is why it's impossible to know. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Like, I, I don't trust the Blackhawks. Like, no. I, I really don't. Like, to do the right thing, so that I, I, I would like transparency. I just want, I want to know things. Of course, of course, right? Of course. I, I don't know if we will. I will say that it, again. If Corey Perry wants to have an NHL career, he, it probably behooves him to be taking a public stance and and letting us know exactly what happened and and mm-hmm. yeah, his side of the story, I suppose. Honestly, if he wants to get into the Hall of Fame, and not that he was a slam dunk case or anything, but there was a possibility. Oh, very, very much possible. I mean, he's a cup champion. He made three straight finals Olympic in golds. the waning years of his career. And, yeah, yeah he's a, a Rocket Richard winner. Um, it, this is a guy that was going to have people go to bat for him, get into the Hall of Fame. You'd not think. anymore. Not anymore. Like, this is... I mean, that's what's on the line for this guy. It's also many millions of dollars just this season, yeah, four. four of them. Yeah. And then beyond this year, I'm sure Corey Perry wasn't going to hang him up considering yeah. he got a $4 million contract. There's a lot on the line for Corey Perry. So it would not surprise me at all if 
in the coming days, well, one, we know the NHLPA, you know, they've released the statement that they, they're they're looking into yes. this thing, and they have, I think, 30 days to file a uh, grievance towards the Blackhawks for attempting to terminate Corey Perry's contract. But, yeah, once that plays out, if we don't hear from Corey Perry, I I think, one, his career's over, and obviously any chance he mm-hmm. had of getting into the Hall of Fame is, goes up in smoke. Yeah, I mean, he was always a... He was a fringy case, and so much of the case, it's it's the thing I've talked to. Like, when we've had, I've either been blood-curdling me mad at something Corey Perry has done on the ice, mm-hmm. or I have been talking to a Frank Saravelli type about just how valuable this second prime is to his legacy as a player, quite frankly. And so much of it was good vet, great leader. And again, like, until we know the details, it's hard to... It's hard to not have this color, some of that as well, of like the thing you held up about him was, of course, the yeah. 50 goals. and the. But it's like, you're supposed to, you know, and it's like, I'm not saying he was a Boy Scout, but some the the idea was shepherd these guys along. Yeah, show on them the, the ice, way. but also yeah. off the ice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not well, get your con- and, contract terminated. And Kyle Davidson spoke to that as well yesterday. He said that we got bad intel on this, basically, was what he, he said when he was asked about... You know, hey, you made you made the call, Kyle. I mean, I'm paraphrasing all the all the questions here, but effectively, yeah. it was, hey, you made the call, you mm-hmm. brought him in, and she said, yeah, we got bad info. Like, we, this is not the person we thought we were hiring. Effectively, it's a bizarre situation. It's a bizarre one. Uh, <laughs> it's a bizarre one to talk about too, because the lack of clarity, because yeah. the lack of information. Yeah. Uh, all right. When we come back, the NBA's in-season tournament is over. It had been over couple of games ago for the Toronto Raptors. It was not over for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we'll talk about that game and our uh, takeaways from the play-in or the in-season tournament, uh, the the group stage portion of the in-season tournament. Also, Ken Rosenthal with a couple of thoughts mm. on what is shaping up to be a potentially very interesting offseason for the Blue Jays. That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Hey, did you know the 2024 Rogers NHL All-Star Game? Expanded to a three-day event with NHL All-Star Thursday at Scotiabank Arena, featuring the Tim Hortons NHL All-Star Player Draft. The NHL Alumni Man of the Year honoring the 1967 Toronto Maple Leafs, something that Brent Gunning just learned about yesterday. And the Canadian Tire PWHL three-on-three showcase. Tickets to the NHL All-Star Thursday go on sale Tuesday, December 5th. That's next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Ticketmaster. You can catch all the action, including the Rogers NHL All-Star Game on Sportsnet. The way you read that for half a second, I thought the 1967 Leafs team was the NHL alumni's man of the year. I'm just yeah. like, no, there's a no, comma there's, before that. There's no one. All of you <laughs> together are the men of the year. Are they, this would be a weird year for them to be the men of the year. Maybe yeah. in 1967. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, the inaugural in-season tournament officially over for the Toronto Raptors. Again, they were eliminated officially. Yes. Previous to yesterday's game, but like that was their last in-season tournament game. We'll remember it well. 
Yeah, game one was pretty interesting. Sure. Right in there yeah. against the Boston Celtics, who needed to do a hack of drumming to advance. They mm-hmm. did advance, though, which we'll get into, like, maybe that part of the in-season tournament and one, the confusion around what it took for some teams to get through, and two, what the first tiebreaker is. But, yeah, Raptors lose to the Nets, who had something to play for. There was a scenario where they were able to get through to the knockout stage of the in-season tournament mm-hmm. and have a chance at the... Million-dollar prize or whatever, and, and the trip to Vegas, which yeah, none of the millionaire uh, athletes in the NBA <laughs> they, can afford to they, do on their own dime. They really need to stop throwing that part in. It's right. like 500 grand. Hey, like even LeBron wants 500 grand. Sure. A trip to Vegas, that that's a little less exciting for them than it is us, I got to say. You know what's not exciting? Although, man, if you gave me 500 grand and sent me to Vegas, be a tough Sure. Team. Again, different for you. You're, right. Then be like, even the lowest if you gave me 50 NBA bucks, player. it'd be like if you yeah. give me 50 bucks and sent me to right. Vegas, guess what? Still be happy, but yeah. a little less. so. No, it's like if we gave you 50 bucks and send you to like Mississauga, it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> to Rama. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's not that exhilarating. Gotta say, and I hate, I hate to do this again, but oh, like no. anything about this Raptor season is they lose 115, 103 in mm. Brooklyn to the Nets. Um, Okay, have there been little positive signs? There was the four-game stretch where the offense showed signs of life. Mm-hmm. should be, again, noted that they were playing a Pacers team that is just an absolute sieve defensively. Yep. They played a Pistons team that may be in the midst of one of the worst seasons mm-hmm. in the history of the NBA. Okay, whatever. The offense looked better than cromulent for a four-game span. Mm-hmm. Right back to where we were at the beginning of the season. Honestly, right back to where we were last season and yes have pascal siakam and scotty barnes each individually had their own little stretches we're like oh that's intriguing well, that's and nice. specifically uh scotty barnes when it happened at the beginning of the the season in six of his first seven games scoring more than 20 points you're like oh this is a guy that finally gets it after a pretty mm-hmm. stagnant um growth period in yep. year two after being rookie of the year in, in year one this is like this is a good sign mm-hmm. this guy really took his offseason seriously maybe there's another level to his game and that still exists that's a positive mm-hmm. and pascal siakam's value is certainly better than it appeared to be over the first six games of this regular season but i don't think anybody's mortgaging their franchise to get pascal siakam grady dick we're very much on bust watch mm-hmm. for the toronto raptors don't control their own first round pick mm-hmm you go down the list. I mean, Malachi Flynn, okay, he's part of the rotation, and he's had moments where, like, oh, there's a passable NBA player. But nobody's excited about Malachi Flynn when he's on the court in an NBA game. The offense looks eerily similar mm-hmm. to a year ago. You go down the list. Again, nobody's suffering season-ending injuries or anything. But well, you that's go to, good. But that's, like, if you, if you ask Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster – in all of the the scenarios that might have played out this season, where this one ranks as far as the worst case scenario, I think it's pretty close to the bottom of the barrel. There's there's been no sea change mm-hmm. as far as the vibes, the style of play, and the Darko Ryakovich passing attack mm-hmm. and it 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 turning what uh, was uh, lemons into lemonade. Like that's not happening. And again, Scotty Barnes has shown flashes, but recently he's he has been unable to to crack the twenty point barrier. This is pretty damn close to the absolute worst case scenario. You're the same team you were offensively a year ago. Mm-hmm. 
You have one fewer all-star in Fred Van Vliet. You got pending free agents coming out the wazoo. Their value isn't what it once was, and you don't control your first-round pick. Other than that, though, uh, things are great. Now, I think I'm going to go back to what I said, I think, at the beginning of last week about this team. They are... Don't you ever apologize for being a weather vane on this team because they are the weather vane team. They have two guys that on any given night are capable of keeping them in games, making it look like they have a chance. They are, they, they do. In Barnes and Siakam, both of those guys are capable. Guess what? They don't fit well together on a night-to-night basis, and none of the rotation pieces seem to fit seamlessly with each other. That's not to say that some of the rotation pieces could not be useful in other – like like – but realize what we're looking at here, okay? You got OG Ananobi, who every team would kill for. Dennis Schroeder is a nice piece. You you need more than nice pieces to be a team that can actually compete in the NBA. This is the thing we have been talking about for the better part of, you know, we talked about it last year's deadline. We were talking about it at the beginning of last year's season. You have to pick a direction, and they have been so hesitant to do so, and this is where you get this mushy middle where the bottom is slowly falling out. And the fact that you don't own your first-round pick for, again, uh, for Jakob Pertl, what are we doing here? That guy, again, fine piece. Nobody's sitting here and going on any given night, oh, it's Pertl, he's killing you. No, he's not the problem. He's also nobody that this team should have been giving up a first-round pick for. Think about the moves they made when it made sense to go out and get pieces. And I'm not I'm not equating these one-to-one to Jakob Pertl's, but... Think about what it made sense to go make your Serge Ibaka trade. Think about what it made sense to go get Marc Gasol. It's when this team was like a ready-made championship contender. And I understand Pirtle fits better with the window and you have him for a turn. You did not need that guy. You needed a warm body at center, but you didn't need to give up your first-round pick for him. And then now because of that, it further clouds the direction that this team's taken this season. It is infuriating. Um... I forgot to mention one of the the <laughs> the, the positive takeaways. Oh, okay. Yeah, again, like Scotty Barnes at times has looked good. I will say that the longer we get, the 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 bigger track record we get of him shooting the three, mm-hmm. the more I believe in him being at least an average three point shooter. Because hey, he made three of seven yesterday, yep. and the percentage like still hovering around forty percent, thirty eight percent at at over five attempts a game, mm-hmm. which is. More than than two more a game than he had a season ago. So that's that's good. Like again, you're building the team around Scotty Barnes. So that's good. Like there are legitimate reasons yep. to believe his play is taking a step, but that that's it. Like Brady well, Dick might be like an absolute nothing. I, I, they have him on the elevators at Scotiabank, though. Yeah. So good 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 <laughs> for them there. The other thing about it is what did we talk about with this team when things were going well? Is oh Co- coach Darko is really preaching that ball movement, ball movement. And they are still relatively high in the league in terms of assists per game. Yeah, but, but that's great. Well, but also over the last three games, that's dried up as well. Like they are middle of the pack over their last handful of games in, in that statistic as well. Even the thing that you say, okay, well, at least they do this. At least they don't hate each other. At least they're unselfish now. Even that has dried up over the past kind of week or so here. Uh so the group play portion of the end season tournament done for everybody. So the remaining teams, here are the matchups actually. Mm. Uh Monday, you got Celtics in Indiana play the Pacers. Uh, Tuesday, this is the Eastern Conference matchups. You got the Knicks at Bucks on Tuesday. Monday in the Western Conference, you got the Pelicans 
and Kings, and on Tuesday you got the Suns at Lakers. Kind of like as far as matchups are concerned and as far as the teams that got through, I mm-hmm. think this is for the NBA's perspective, this is kind of exactly what you want. You got honestly half and half. Half of the teams are are title contenders mm-hmm. in the Celtics, Bucks, Suns, and Lakers, and half of them are teams that are playoff teams mm-hmm. and maybe win around, like maybe surprise some people by winning around or two, mm-hmm. but aren't winning any title in 2024 in the next Pelicans, Kings, and Lakers. So to me, if you were drawing it up, that's mm-hmm. almost the, the perfect set. Maybe you would want Joel Embiid, like maybe there's yeah, one yeah, sure, fewer sure, like sure. championship contender in there, but I think that's exactly what you want. No, I mean, you got the Knicks and Lakers. Like quite, It's like Knicks, Lakers, Celtics. Right there alone, the NBA is as happy as, as can be. I did. I don't know why this hasn't. Uh, well, I do know why. It's because I have not really engaged with much uh, like thought exercise on the NBA in season tournament. But why not? Like, why did it have to be conferences? If it's just a dumb in season tournament, anyways. Like, wouldn't you want a chance to? And I know the argument is like, well, if you get Lakers Celtics in the final, that'd yeah. be better. But I don't know. Like, why not jumble it up? It's like I suppose the idea is to have like these become more rivalries, and you'll see that play out in the playoffs. But I don't know if it's just the idea of like shaking it up for something completely different. Did we have to stay with conferences? Am I off base there? I don't know. No, I don't. I I, I I'd be fine with yeah. Oh, travel. It's one game, right? Like, yeah. And, and I and, and guess what? Uh, they do play the other conference in the regular season. I, I guess the argument would be, yes, they do. They but, want the rivalries to build, I guess. Yeah, but also that they, yeah, you play you play out-of-conference games in the NBA, but not a ton and not as many in-conference games as you play. And these are still regular season games outside yeah. of the championship okay. game. Like all the, all these games do all count right. for the regular season standings. I, all right, I get it. You hate my idea. No, 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 I, under, no I, I understand. I, I understand. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I got to say, don't get ginned up either way. In regards to that, here's what I do get chinned up about, though, is that, well, one, the scenarios are hilarious. And you were getting very mad. About no, the I wasn't point getting very mad, but it's just like hilarious to to watch. Um, yeah, the ever evolving John Hollinger tweets where it was like at one point it's like, hey, if the Kings win by less than 45, New Orleans and Sacramento, Phoenix. If the Warriors win by less than 12, if the Warriors win uh, by more than 11 but less than 20, like there's like yeah. literally that was happening mm-hmm. all night long. And I get, there's no perfect way to to do it when you're only playing four games to decide who advances. I get it. But anything is better than point differential. Okay, careful what you wish for, because this honestly just popped into my head. What? It's like, why don't we just make it instead of point differential? It's like combined dunks and threes made in the in-season okay. tournament because that's all the league is now. Be- no, we well, can do better than okay, that. Okay, because that's the first thing that popped in my head. I'm like, that's why not just make the team with the most threes be the tiebreaker? Why not that? Because that's all the NBA is I mean, now. What's worse, like intentionally fouling Andre Drummond up 30 points or like, yeah, every, like, everybody, like everybody, Steph Curry from half court. Yeah, at the beginning uh, of the shot clock is just like nothing but, uh, yeah, chucking. I mean, that's after what, the you get over the timeline. You know, that's all. It's stupid. See, I was going to say, careful what you wish for. I knew I could come up with a worse idea. Yeah, no, you did it. Congrats. Um, honestly, I, I, I'm not even against having last season's regular season record being a tiebreaker. Like, we can oh. do anything. Like, why? Why? Well, I kind of hate that. No, you hate this. that more than, like, point differential? Yeah. Well, one of them is connected to the season that you're actually playing. The other one isn't. Okay, have regular season record at sure. the end of your, like, be a that's, tiebreaker. That's fine with me. What's yeah, wrong with that? Sure. Like, the break, yeah, all right, that's fine. Who's the nicest that. uniform? Like, I don't know, like, ooh, arm wrestling ooh. competition at the end of the game, if there's a tiebreaker to be had, I, I don't uh, know. 21 game, 
game a horse between mascots. It is a minor miracle that there was not a brawl in any of these games, especially again, we were talking like well, the one that stands on. out is Joe Missoula <laughs> intentionally fouling Andre Drummond yes. up 30 points. Amazing. This is a Bulls team that's like ready to implode, right? Yes. Like the whole thing is going to be sold off for yes. spare parts by the deadline. No, nobody's going to be around to see the end of the season in Chicago. And here they are losing by 30 points to a Celtics team that has championship aspirations, but also like is no guarantee yeah. to get into the knockout portion of this in-season tournament, which they've been told mm-hmm. is meaningful. And they've also been told point differential, very important. Got to mm-hmm. play all the way to the Amazing. whistle. Try and maximize the amount of points you beat this team that is beyond like an also ran like, one of the worst teams in the NBA, one of the most dysfunctional teams in the NBA, you're intentionally fouling Andre Drummond to so, make sure that you you have the proper point differential. I wonder if this does kind of find a way and stabilize itself because we have this at other levels of basketball. Like when Canada was in the Olympic qualifier, guess what? Point differential mattered and you didn't see them when yeah. they're when they're beating, I you know, I forget who it was, but like a couple of the team, well, France, for example, they beat the wheels off France. You didn't see them go and hack a, hack a Rudy no, but they did, that game. they did try to keep scoring. They did though, try right? to keep, well, but that's what I mean of like, you find your level in this. It's like, yes, keep your foot on the gas. Yes, keep playing offense. Yes, run your sets. No, auto foul or like hack an Andre Drummond up 30. Like there, there is a, a balance in this. And guess what? FIBA's been doing it for a long time. That's the other part of this as well is that if you notice all the guys who are screaming about this, it's no European guys who have played in, in, these, in yeah, these type of games. Honestly, it's, it, it, it feels to me like one of the things that you feel when when you watch international there's there's things that are different about the North American pro game in yeah. all sports compared to the way things are played internationally and I get it for like a shorter tournament you you have to make do with what you can right like there's there's no other tiebreaker that you can get when you're only playing whatever five games at a right. world cup I get it I understand that but it's it's it kind of feels like in in hockey, yeah, mm-hmm. we have shootouts during the regular season, but when things are on the line, there's no end of, like, elimination game shootouts, which we see in international right. hockey. In international basketball, it's point differential, mm-hmm. but it's kind of one of the things you roll your eyes at, and you're like, at least, thank goodness, right. it's not one of the tie-breaking scenarios in the NBA. I, it's it's something they got to find a fix for. There's no easy solutions. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be searching for them. Just because it's not easy... Doesn't mean you just throw your hands up and say, well, it's not worth investigating. I, I actually disagree. Like, I have no problem with teams <laughs> running it up. If you want to oh, have a, I thought you were, no. you were like, I disagree because it's not easy. You just don't, oh, you don't I mean, worry. I you mean, can't look. What are you going to do if I it's mean, not easy? Agreed on that as well. That's. I mean, I don't think that's how you all should live your life, but that might be how I live my life a little bit. Um, You also live your life angry like Sheldon Keefe was on the bench in the second period. <laughs> He was hot. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the Sheldon Keefe of it all. Also, there was a moment in that hockey game we didn't talk about yet, mm-hmm. and that was Matthew Kuchuk running over Joseph Wall. He turned into the headless horseman for a second there, yeah. yeah. You're not going to believe this. Matthew Kuchuk went unscathed. Shocker. All right, we'll talk about that and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.